you have your Bibles, <clears throat> I want to invite you to come turn with me. Um, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 15 is kind of the inspiration for this service today. Um, I told you before last week that I would be wrapping up um, the series that I, I was preaching on gifts for a king, and I'm going to actually save that and preach next Sunday to finish that series. I just felt today that this was uh, a direction God wanted me to go, uh, God's unspeakable gift. I want to talk about the gift of salvation, and um, before I begin preaching, Champions Week uh, is January 12th. And uh, starts January 12th, we'll go through January 12th through January 19th. Be looking out for the schedule uh, of events. We're going to put some time to prayer and fasting. And it's going to be a, a week of consecrating our next year. And then January 19th, January 12th, we'll have a guest speaker who will be ministering to us, Pastor Jeremy Mills, a friend of mine from the Augusta area. And then... Sunday, January 19th, I'll be sharing a vision and setting the tone for the church this year. And so you'll, you'll want to be ready for that um, and be a part of it. It's crazy to think that 2019 is coming quickly to a close. Um, and uh, we've, many of us have had ups and downs this year through the year, and we're Moving to a time of, it seems like resetting, right? January feels like a resetting time. We can just make it through this next week. Who's hanging on to just make it through this last holiday and get to the next year? And there'll be a time of resetting. Um, but today, there are some people that, that are not here. They're not able to be here because of either sickness or health issues or surgeries. And I want us to keep them in mind and pray for them this week as they recover and gain strength. Uh, God has done a lot in 2019 in Branches Church. He has done a lot. He's going to do a lot more next year, and I'm excited about next year. I told my wife this morning, uh, some of you know, we, we just got back from trip, a family trip, and we got away, and uh, I'm feeling refreshed. and. I'm a little bit upset that I have to wait till after Christmas to hit the next year to start pushing because I feel so refreshed. So I'll try not to use all of that gunpowder today in my sermon. This is supposed to be an abbreviated service, uh, a little shorter than, than our normal service, but we'll see what happens. So God's unspeakable gift, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11 is the scripture I want to start out reading. Um, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, gold and frankincense we talked about last week. Gold represents uh, our treasures, our time, our talent, treasure that God has blessed us with. Frankincense uh, represents the sweetness of our prayers and our worship. And next Sunday, I'll talk about myrrh. Uh, but today, I want to talk about the unspeakable gift, God's unspeakable gift. And it's going to surprise you. 
I believe it's really going to surprise you. And But before we talk about God's gift to us, I want to talk about gifts in general and in Scripture what they represent. The Bible is divided into two sections, right? You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. And we consider them halves, but they're not really halves because the Old Testament is really two-thirds of the Bible. And it's really the story of God's dealing with an earthly nation, Israel. God's desire and His design was that they would be His chosen people. But when it came time for Him to come to earth and He came as their Messiah, uh, these chosen people rejected Him. And that is when God turned His attention to the Gentiles. And that's kind of the gist of the entire Bible squeezed out and summarized. John 1, 11 through 13 tells us that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Throughout the Old Testament period, what God was doing was trying to teach mankind something. That no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we do, that as humans we cannot measure up to God's standard of perfection. And so if you're here today and you're struggling with thinking about how to give God everything that is in you and meeting some standard of perfection, I just want you to go ahead and relax because guess what? You can't do it. You'll never meet that standard. You can't reach it. There's no way. The entire Old Testament was about this idea that we cannot reach this standard of perfection. And even the most religious of us today fall severely short of the mark. Paul said as much in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so the Old Testament system was designed to make mankind feel one thing. To feel their inadequacy. To know that they are inadequate. And when the poorest person in the kingdom would appear before a king. They were required to bring a gift to add to the king's treasury. And it was the principle was there to allow that person coming before the king to understand that they were not the king. They were not on the same plane as the king. They were lower than the king. And the Old Testament system was this system to teach humanity that we are far short of what God is. We're not on the same plane. We're not on the same level field. God is so much greater and far above us. Gift-giving played an important part in the social life of the East that the Hebrew language contains no less than 15, 15 different expressions for the one idea 
of giving a gift. And this is why we have scripture like these, Proverbs 17 and 8, a present is precious is a precious stone in the eye of the of its possessor wherever he turns he prospers. Proverbs 17:23, a wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back. That word bribe is also translated gift. He accepts a gift behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Proverbs 18:16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Proverbs 19 and 6, many entreat the favor of the nobility and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. And this just was not some political thing. It wasn't just part of politics. It was also part of the kingdom of God. The poorest person in the kingdom was also required to bring a gift. Now the idea of a gift is not something to them that we think of today. We think of gifts as being something that you do out of the goodness of your heart. For them, it was a sacrifice, and that's really what giftings represented. They represented a sacrifice, making a sacrifice to honor someone else. And so when they appeared before the presence of God in his tabernacle, there was an expectation that they would have a gift to present. Leviticus chapter 5 lays all of this out. Leviticus 5, 1 through 16. If you'll follow me through these scriptures, I'm just going to bring out certain words uh, and not read it in its entirety. But I want you to see this point. I want you to understand. Verse 1 says, if a person sins. So understand what it is. There, a person has sinned. Verse 6 says, he shall bring... Verse 6, he shall bring his trespass, that sin, offering to the Lord for his sin, which he has committed. It'll be a lamb or a kid of the goats for the sin offering. Verse 7 says, if he is not able to bring a lamb, you don't have a lamb, you don't have a kid goat, you can't afford one, that's okay. For the trespass which he has committed, two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 11 says, but if he is not able to bring that, if you're not able to even do that, two turtle doves and two pigeons, then the person that has sinned shall bring an ephah of fine flour as a sin offering. Verse 13 says, so the priest shall make atonement for him or restitution here is translated, restitution for the sin, the harm. So the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. So all throughout these scriptures, there's a crucial principle to grasp. And this is what I want you to understand today. Some gifts were given voluntarily, in the same way that we give a present today. But other gifts were required at the penalty of your life. Not all gifts were given willingly. Some of them were required, they were expected, they were part of life. And if you failed to deliver, your life might be required. An example would be tribute money given from a conquered kingdom to a conquering kingdom. A gift to kings. A sacrifice to God. 
It was a high insult and indignity to refuse a present. And it could be fatal. To refuse giving it and offering it or to refuse receiving it. It could be a fatal error. And so I get this question sometimes when teaching people a Bible study. If the Bible calls the Holy Spirit a gift, then what's the big deal if I choose not to receive it? This question misses the point entirely. Some gifts you can choose to participate in receiving. But there are other gifts you can't choose. They're just simply given to you. If you need a kidney transplant, someone offers you the gift of life. You have to participate in that kind of gift, or it could be fatal. In the New Testament, the sense of the word gift is basically still the same as the Old Testament. It doesn't change. It's a sacrifice that we choose to reject at our eternal peril. It's not really optional. The difference between the Old Testament and New Testament, and this is surprising, is that in the Old Testament, the gift is given from people to their God. But in the New Testament, the gift is given from their God to His people. And so there's this inversion, a changing of who is giving the gift. It doesn't change the honor of it. It doesn't change the value of it. What it changes is who is giving the gift. The king of kings who needs nothing else in this world gives gifts to the poorest among us because he is a good God. And why would you not want to receive the gift that he offers to us? Psalm 68, 18 through 19 says, You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. It wasn't that God didn't give anything back in the Old Testament. He loaded His people with benefits But it was just that the focus was on the fact that you had to bring the gift. You had to bring the sacrifice. You had to be the supplier. Then and only then would God receive you. God was teaching something. No matter how much you bring, it's never going to be enough. Next time you return, you're going to have to bring another gift. Next time you appear before the Lord, there's going to be another gift required. It's never going to be enough, no matter how much you bring. But look at the New Testament, Ephesians 4, 7 through 10. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. But he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. So who ascended from the grave? Jesus. Who opened the grave of others? 
Jesus. Ezekiel 9, 37, 13. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Jesus did it. Jesus fulfilled that. Who walked on the water? Jesus did. But Job 9 and 8 says, He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, God manifest in flesh, fulfilled all of these things. Who healed the blind, the deaf, and the lame? Jesus. Isaiah 35, 4 through 6, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing for water shall birth forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Jesus did it. Jesus fulfilled all of those things. Jesus was the gift and the gift of life comes through Jesus Christ and he has a gift of his spirit for every one of us. God in the Old Testament who received gifts from people is Jesus Christ in the New Testament who gives gifts to people. I want you to pause and think about that for a moment. The God in the Old Testament that received gifts, and every time came, time came, uh, someone came time to go worship, they brought a gift. That God that received those gifts in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, He is Jesus Christ who gives gifts to His people. Church world talks about giving your life to Jesus, and that is good. But it's not complete. Because in the New Testament, God is the giver. He has a gift for you and I. You don't have to be a Christian under your own power or through your own efforts because God wants you to to have His gift. He wants to give you something that will empower you and carry you and walk with you and help you in this life. It's His Spirit. That's what He wants to give you. It's an unspeakable gift of God. Jesus promised it. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? John 4 and 10, Jesus answered and said to him, if you knew the gift of God, or said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Peter explained how to receive it. Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 and 20, Peter said to, the, said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. This gift can't be purchased. It can't be earned. It can only be received. It's a gift that he's giving to everyone who will ask and receive it. The Gentiles received it. Nicodemus, not Nicodemus, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Verse 45, those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Acts eleven seventeen, 17, 
Peter said this, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? The same gift. And here's the thing. You need to receive that gift. You need to receive it. Hebrews 2, 3 through 4. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. The unspeakable gift of God. Only three times in the Bible the apostles use the word unspeakable. The word unspeakable means unutterable, untellable, unbelievable, indescribable, incredible, unable to be fully described. When Paul had a vision in heaven, he used the word unspeakable. 2 Corinthians 12 and 4 how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words. Unspeakable words. Which it is not lawful for a man to utter. When Peter anticipated seeing Jesus in heaven, he wrote this in 1 Peter 1 and 8, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible, unspeakable joy and full of glory and when paul speaks of god's gift of salvation second corinthians 9:15 he says thanks be to god for his indescribable gift indescribable gift the unspeakable gift of god the baptism of the holy spirit Jesus Christ came, God with us, Emmanuel, and lived and went to the cross and died, was buried and resurrected again so that his spirit could be poured out on all flesh and that the gift of the Holy Spirit could be given to all who would seek and ask for it. That's the fullness of of God's promise and purpose to every one of us. And you know what's interesting to me as I studied about the unspeakable gift? It stood out to me that when the baptism of the Spirit is poured out on someone and they begin to speak in tongues, their speaking as the Spirit of God gives them the utterance. God giving them the thing that they cannot express themselves. Because people have asked me, what is it to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is it to be full of the Holy Ghost? Can you describe it? And I try, I try, I really try to describe what it is to feel the Spirit of God in that way. You'll hear me talk about the first time I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was like I was seeking God and someone came behind me with warm oil and just began to pour it over me. 
I've heard other people describe it in different ways, and, and every one of us that have experienced it can probably have our own description of way, but, but the truth is it's, it's almost unspeakable. It's hard to describe until you receive it, and you know when you receive it. But you still can't hardly describe it. You know you received it. You know because you had an outward sign. You spoke with tongues. You know because you, it didn't feel the same as the other times you got into the presence of God and just felt the presence of God in the room that you were in. It was different, but it was still so unspeakable. The unspeakable gift. The manger was about one thing. It was about one thing. It was about the gift that God wanted to give us. It was about the gift that God wanted to give us. This morning I was praying, preparing for service. I was just overwhelmed. Just thinking about the things God has given to me in my life. He's blessed me in so many ways. And I wish I could stand here and tell you that there were no rough days, there were no hard days, that I didn't have some struggles, that that was all peaches and cream and sunshine and roses. That's not reality. When I stop and I think about the gifts that he has given and the gifts that he continues to give, I'm like you. I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with his goodness. Overwhelmed with all of the things that he's given that I just did not deserve and I deserve so much worse than what life has given to me. And I thank God gifts if you're here today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit I want to encourage you that whenever we come to this altar together that you come and all you have to do is you just ask you start just as Peter talked about in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, you start in repentance. If you've never repented, you just repent. You say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm not going to go back to those sins that bind me. I'm going to break free of those things. And then you ask him, God, you said you had a gift, a gift that would empower me, a gift that's like living water, a gift that is a promise that only you can give. Lord, I need you to give it to me. I want it. And you ask for it. The next thing Peter described and directed them to do was to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission and washing of their sins. But there's an unspeakable gift that the Lord has for you 
You know what I, I found with people? And I'm fixing to wrap up. I found a lot of times people struggle with the idea that God's going to give them something. You say, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. Or I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to give it to me. I want to tell you today, the Lord has that gift for you, for every person. And it does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the sins of your past. It doesn't matter where your life has been and carried you through. It doesn't matter your origin or your family history. That gift is for you. That gift is for you. If I can just get you to believe that that gift is for you, that the New Testament is all about Him giving you a gift, you'll receive it. Will you stand with me? I want to invite you to bow your head with me and close your eyes. This is personal time. We're going to take a moment. Just let the Spirit of God minister here in this place. If you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and you want that, you want it, you're ready to receive it, you're ready to ask God for it, would you just lift your hand to let the Lord know, God, I'm ready. God, I want it. I need it in my life. Everyone, if you would, lift your hands together. God, you see every person in this room. God, you see every need that's represented here. God, you see every hungry and thirsty heart and soul. God, you see what we have need of even before we ask. Lord, you still tell us to come and to ask. So Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, every person that took the step of faith, Lord, and they put their hand in the air, they said, God, I I need this, Lord. You see the heart. You see what man cannot see. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your spirit will begin to move on them right now. In Jesus' name. God, let them feel your presence and your anointing on the outside. Begin to pour that gift on them on the inside. And as you said, it would be a river of living water. Wells gushing up. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the well would begin to flow. God, that that sign, that evidence, speaking in tongues, would begin to flow in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Church family, I wonder if we can come and gather around the front of this altar together and let the Spirit of God minister to each one of us 
I'm going to go and I'm going to begin to pray with different ones, but I wonder if we could just entertain the presence of God here right now. Maybe you've already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just begin to thank Him for that unspeakable gift, for that thing that you received, that joy that passes all understanding, that's unspeakable joy. God, I thank you, Lord. God, I magnify you. 